0: even you know if you and I went out to lunch one of us might take a picture of it you know and part of it is just like we're savoring it we're recognizing it we're paying attention to it and by pausing and by absorbing something with a camera I found somehow it 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 heals it brings joy or peace or happiness or something (laughs) you know that's still why I take pictures I still see it as a means of healing and restoration and growth and all of that welcome to the viewfinders
1: photography podcast you just heard from this week's guest chris orwig a portrait photographer based in california chris had so much to say about photography and what it is to be a photographer so whatever genre you're into stick around there's something here for you Graham Dargy here. I'm a professional photographer based in Aberdeen, Scotland. It's like the furthest place away from California really. And uh, this is the podcast where we trace the journey of fantastic photographers from all around the world to find those little sparks of inspiration that can take our photography to new and exciting places. Well, how are you? Thanks for your time here. Hope you're well. Uh, I'm in a bit of a busy spell here with work. I did a little PR shoot the other day and Also a full day of business profiles for an accountancy firm yesterday and that's off the back of a family day away at the weekend in Edinburgh uh, which was great fun. We did climbing, they've got an amazing climbing centre down there, Uh, a bit of roller skating, shopping and just enjoying the Edinburgh vibe. It's great. Um, So yeah, good to be busy with the camera and getting a bit of relaxing in as well and my inbox has been insane these last few days so no complaints here at all. Otherwise, uh, getting ready for my viewfinders live event with Jim Richardson. Uh, So if you're listening on the day this comes out, that's tonight. I'm expecting great things. I'm so excited to spend more time with Jim. And uh, next week, it's uh, I-L-P-O-T-Y winner Kai Hornick. Super excited for that one as well. So people have been signing up from all over the place. It's really fun and it's going to be a great night. So I'd love to see you there. Head to viewfinderslive.com, use the code VF10 to save on your ticket. And yeah, hope I can see you there tonight and next week. All right, my guest today is Chris Orwig, a portrait photographer, author, teacher, and Sony ambassador from Santa Barbara, California. Chris first came on my radar many years ago and his grounded, connected, intimate, natural light portraits really stayed with me. In his early twenties, Chris was hit by a car while skateboarding and during his recovery, his father gave him the gift of a camera. The camera gave him purpose and direction in life and he's never looked back. Chris has gone on to work with clients including Google, SpaceX, Adobe, and his work's been published in places like Rolling Stone, The New York Times and Esquire. He's also taught photography at college level for 10 years, written several books, and he's a workshop leader and mentor to other photographers around the world. Chris has a lot to say about photography and what goes into being a photographer, and I was delighted to listen. The whole conversation came in at about 90 minutes, and that's a little longer than I like my episodes to run. So, this is going to be the first of two parts. Uh, the second part of this episode will come out a week today, so look out for that. Of course, we talk about portrait photography, but so much of what Chris says. It's about who we are as photographers, and that's transferable to all of us. So whatever you're into, I'm sure this episode is for you. Hope you enjoy this half as much as I did. Here's part one of my conversation with Chris Orwig. Chris Orwig, welcome to Viewfinder's Photography
0: Podcast. How are you? I am really well. I'm so excited to be here, and it's so fun that we get to have a conversation, even though we live in different parts of the world, but share a similar passion.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Thank you for your time. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you because um, I was following you some time ago. Um, I just dug out your book, Visual Poetry, from my uh, garage. You might say garage, I guess. Um, okay. So I have a box of photography books in there. And um, so I had that it's a long time ago that I had that and uh, checked in with you lately and you're still doing really cool work. I love your kind of laid back style and your California vibe and your photography style sort of seems to embody that. Um, so really excited to get into it with you. Um, it looks really sunny on your side. How's the weather there today?
0: Yes, it is. Um, it is actually very sunny and warm and beautiful. In I live in a, in a town right next to the ocean or along the ocean, Santa Barbara in California. And in October, the sun's getting much closer to... The horizon line it's lower in the sky so the sea just sh- shimmers I, I don't know how it is up there mm-hmm. for you all but um so it can just the light in the fall is really special i i don't know what it is if it's because it's coming through you know more some of the moisture in the air it's a little colder maybe maybe it's the opposite maybe because it's a little colder it's the air is thinner but it just has this keen beautiful Look, I love it. I love it. It's so fun yeah. to shoot this time of year. Yeah, yeah.
1: Same here. Um, um, we live, I live right on the coast as well. Yeah. Uh, mm. with the best part about living here really is in the night and uh, evening mm. when there's a full moon and a clear sky. And it's just amazing to look out on the sea oh, um, gosh. Uh, on those times. So, yeah, it's a great to live by the sea. Love it. Um, yes. So,
0: yeah. Did you grow up in California? Have you always been there? Yeah, the, the majority of my life um, was was here. I was born in the middle of the U.S. In, in Michigan, but I think when I was three, I moved out to California. And, you know, that's been a big part of, of my story. But I think more importantly, because I work with a lot of students, is be, help, and what I try to do with my students is help them become aware of their story. And like you were saying, my work kind of has this California laid back vibe and that really is because that's who I am Mm -hmm. and um, it reflects me. So if someone sees my work, I, I hope they have a sense on who I am. And then when they meet me, they're like, oh, you're just like I expected. And the reason I say that is with my students, I'm always encouraging them to find that synchronicity with who they are, what they value, how they see life, even the rhythm of life. Like if they're if they just are really snappy and edgy and strong and big and bold, you know, I had one student, just this huge guy, muscular, just, ah, and his work didn't quite have that spirit in it. And so we talked about that, talked about where he's from, where he wants to be, where he's going. Anyway. And once he started to bring that in himself into his work, it just was like fireworks. Mm -hmm. It, It went so much further. So anyway, I know that was just a question about, uh, geography but i do think geography identity becoming self-aware and all those things is really important you know to, to finding your own style in this space because photography is so hard to have style right because mm-hmm. the cake the gear is so good now i mean it's like everyone shoots with the same stuff it's all great nothing's bad and um, the only differentiating factor is is style
1: yeah when i started the podcast like i'd always looked at other photographers that I would admire and I I wonder like why are they taking that kind of picture and I'm not or I'm taking the ones that I which I would have perceived as not as good Um, and that was really what I wanted to ask people like there would be a few people on my list that I just really wanted to talk to and just like find out why they take their pictures the way they do and the thing that's really ran through all of it is just exactly what you said actually the people who whose work is in tune with just who they are. They, they know it. They know their story. They know why they do it. Um, and once you hear their, their backstory, like the photography just makes sense, you know? Yeah. So that's actually what I found, just more or less what you said about uh, talking to all these other photographers from around the world, is the photography just comes out of exactly who they are and people who are not trying to be something else or someone else. They're just doing their own thing. Seem to have have this sort of strongest identity on their photography, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and and to even add to that, I think the the I'm thinking of colleagues and friends and different people I know. Um, it's not just the positive side of our identities either. Like one of my mentors, his his work is very organized and orderly, and he just he had so much internal chaos that he turned to photography as a way to seek um order and peace and serenity and so it was like what he didn't have inside he found in the frame Mm -hmm. and he once he tapped into being aware of that is when he really started to become famous um or even you know he shared something with me about portrait which resonates and I still kind of use to this day is he said I used I would photograph people who had character qualities I wish that I had myself So someone who overcame adversity or someone who was older and was wise or someone who was um, elegant or someone who was thoughtful, whatever it was. But just to kind of you're searching for something versus just saying, wow, beautiful person, take a picture. Wow, it's not a great picture. Mm -hmm. Rather than that, it's coming from within. And sometimes it's coming from the within that is the stuff that isn't going well within um or you're searching for you're needing other times let's say like the california spirit so to speak um that's something that comes from things i enjoy so that's more of a positive side i like being outdoors i like um living along the coast i like these things so so that's more of like the positive stuff that filters in but also i take time going to the dark stuff um there's this one quote by Plutarch, who was a philosopher a couple thousand years ago, but he said, music to find harmony must investigate discord. And I like that. It's like, you got to go dark to find light. You know, Mm -hmm. haha, we've heard that. But it's true. And I think internally, I spend time doing that, um, exploring the darkness. What am I lacking in? What are my edges where I need to grow? And then how can I bring photography there versus... Beautiful landscape, or pretty person, or great light. Um, I found that's just not enough. Mm -hmm. um, To to, you know, you need to fill the frame with more. Mm
1: -hmm. So it's part of your practice. Well, yeah, I'm curious to know if that uh, how uh, part of your practice then is to take time out to to do sort of self reflection or like how do you do that?
0: Well. Yeah, I mean, I journal or um, I'll write poems, or like just yesterday, I was writing a poem about this idea that I practice meditation and how recently I've been feeling kind of uh, self congratulatory in my uh, um, stillness and patience and peace. And, you know, I've been, and then we are at dinner this weekend for my. Daughter's birthday, and something happened, and I got frustrated. My daughter pointed it out, and I was like, I just thought, how funny, you know? The universe has a way of reminding us that, you know, and it's it's true in photography too. When when you think like, oh, I got this, you know, all of a sudden it's like that lens you thought you're going to shoot with, you forgot, or Mm -hmm. that camera you thought you were going to use, like the card malfunctions or something happens, and you're like, okay, back to the drawing board, but. I I wanted to write about that experience to really just, you know, develop that self-awareness and that to realize the dangers of success in any area. In this case, it was in mindfulness and being patient and different things. Um, But because I'm going to New York tomorrow and I'm going to be shooting and just to really go in with openness, not with like, oh, I'm going to nail it. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I got this, I got, you know, because my best pictures usually come from, I don't, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So, so yes. So, so to answer that question, it's just a regular part of it or, um, you know, I have good friendships that friends that call me out on stuff or read books and learn from other people um, biographies or different things.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so let's go back. Um, I read that your dad was into photography and had some black and white prints in the attic, and that was must have been a source of inspiration for you. Um, was what what age were you, you roughly, or when you remember photography sort of coming into the picture?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was it was this fun thing where he like you kind of discover something about one of your parents, my dad. He had this love of photography um, and he had done black and white photography. And then he stopped when he had kids, my brother, sister and I. And so there's always kind of like this, this sense of sadness, like, oh, like, why did he give that up? You know, and how cool is that? And he had these pictures and he was creative. And, and then years later, I was talking with another friend who said, yeah, it's interesting how In our life, someone can plant a seed just of something as being like, oh, that's interesting. I guess similar to someone can say, I don't know, um, that looks like a tree that would be fun to climb. And you're like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. right?" Um, So I think I just, you know, from a young age had that. And I, um, so in a way, probably it was kind of picking up on something that my dad had let go of. And in high school, I took a class. I was horrible, horrible at photography. I just hadn't uh, evolved enough. I don't think as a person. I've looked back at those photos. I, my parents have them, and they're they're like of hubcaps or like, I mean, just just they don't even make sense. But <laughs> but then um, it came into came back into my life after I was going through some health bunch of health stuff, and my dad gave me a camera. And it was something creative I could do in spite of all the um, chronic health stuff I had, I was dealing with. Um, And so it was kind of fun how something like this little thread was woven through through life. And then maybe maybe it's like a little thread sticking out of your shirt or something and then you tug on it. And at one point you pull it out and you're like, wow, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't realize there's so much to that. And that happened kind of later in life for me.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if that's what you were referring to, but there was a time when you were hit by a car. Um, yes, yes, uh, yeah, and so obviously that's from from what I read on your website bio that seemed yeah. like a, a pivotal moment in your life. Um, I don't want to tra- traumatize you or anything, but yeah, to go no, back no. to that, um, yeah. what happened around that that really
0: set you on the path for photography, I guess. Yeah, I mean that, and and that's it's a great question so that like I I was using a wheelchair I had a lot of chronic pain at the time and more so I was in my young 20s and I just I was lost a lot of hope because I'm like Mm -hmm. man if I'm this bad right now how bad am I going to be 10 years from now so So, you kind of
1: yeah so from the accident
0: it was it was quite quite bad yeah yeah and i had gone around to all these different medical institutions here in the us stanford ucla mayo clinic and just was trying to find solutions but wasn't finding anything so there's the frustration of that there's the physical discomfort there's your future you know there's a lot and Mm -hmm. anyone who suffered something um for an extended period of time knows how it can snowball in, in these kind of strange, overwhelming ways. It's not rational, really. But what is rational in life? I mean, like, someone could tell you, like, well, it's not that bad, you're not going to die, you know, and it's like, true, true, that's a good point. But I'm still in a dark place, you know, and then so during that time, my dad gave me a camera. And what's interesting is, tying this all together is I know it's a camera he he would have loved to have bought for himself Mm. it wasn't that he had like tons of money laying around and just like bought an extra camera it literally like he didn't have a camera he still loved photography um but he gave me this camera and and that just helped that changed everything it helped me to shift my focus off of myself um, and onto the world mm-hmm. and onto other people and that shift to this day um, was healing still is healing. I think that's one of the reasons why we practice photography um, even even you know if you and I went out to lunch if I came to visit and our lunch looked cool one of us might take a picture of it you mm-hmm. know and part of it is just like we're savoring it we're recognizing it we're paying attention to it or if there was beautiful, you know sunset or something and and by pausing and by absorbing something with a camera i found somehow it 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 heals it brings joy or peace or happiness or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Um, so yeah so that's part of part of the journey for me and it's funny it's like that hasn't ended for me either it wasn't like that was then and this is now that's still why i take pictures i still see it as a as a means of healing and restoration and growth and all of that, you know, it's not, it's not heroism for me at all. Um, I think it's, it's maybe like some people, let me just think of something like, um, one friend who is really into horseback riding and and for her, it's very therapeutic Mm -hmm. to ride horses. It's not like she's racing or she wants to show off or she wants to, you know, but it's like, it, it is her therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've found that as a part of my therapy, so to speak, um, is photography. Yeah. Yeah. And I, even doing this, talking with you, hanging out. I mean, how cool. That is <laughs> Yeah. I was wondering if you get that from surfing as well, or any other pastimes I do. Yeah. And that's, I mean, back, cause I'm a teacher. So, so to put on the teacher hat too, I mean, I, I'm happy to talk about my own journey, but I always try to bring it back to my students journey which is I'll answer the surfing thing in one second. But I taught for a decade at a college level photography school. It was really intense, really great school. And I had a number of students burn out and I would ask them like, and they would burn out to the point. They said, I'm never doing photography again. And here they went to four years of college to do this. Mm -hmm. And then, so I was like, Oh my gosh, like, what are you talking about? And so I'd say, well, how come? And what do you do? It, during school and they just basically they said during photography school all they did was photography and they would kind of be sullen and they would kinda of sink down in their chair when they would tell me that I just worked really hard at photography. And it was great and it was fun. It was interesting. Then I would say, what do you do before school? And they would light up and lean forward and said, Oh, before school I used to play soccer. Or I was you know, I had a horse or I you know, whatever. I don't know. Something and and so what it made me realize was that, you know, really quickly, really early on, and I saw this when you, see, when you start to work with like hundreds and thousands of students, you see these patterns that the best photographers cultivate interest outside of photography. Mm-hmm. And it's true with the best artists, It's true with the best actors. It's true with the best painters. You know, yes, they do have a focus on one thing that maybe they're really good at, but they're also doing these other things. So you mentioned for me, surfing, getting out in the ocean, which I was out in the ocean yesterday with my two daughters. Like that just lights my soul on fire. I mean, it is so amazing. There are dolphins out and the shimmering water and just even catching these waves. And I I cattle for this one wave. I stand up on this wave. I'm going down the line. And just it's like this beauty. You're just like flying, right? You're flying on water almost. My daughter is paddling back out towards the point to point where she, to catch a wave. So I go past her and I give her a high five as I go by. And it just, I mean, it fills your heart with, with joy. Same thing as just, you know, I do a walk with my dogs every morning, um, this morning in the dark and the stars were out and it's very quiet. And then the sun starts to rise and you hear the birds. And anyway, all of that is, is part of my photographic practice. Mm-hmm. And for my students, what I encourage them to do for, you know, our friends listening is to, you know, really ask yourself, well, what are these different things or areas in your life that are important to you? And what can you do that can feed your soul? What can you do that can um, h- help you to cultivate a sense of um, adventure? Because photography is adventurous. It requires risk. There's a sense of failure, you know, so maybe it's, you know, um like when someone's stuck in a rut basically it's like you would imagine a rut maybe from a i don't know like a wagon like i'm thinking old-fashioned wagon Mm -hmm. stuck in a rut on a dirt road or something it's because they've just been going the same direction for the last 100 miles and they can't get out of the the rut there's no way out Mm -hmm. so my thought is like okay let's 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 get off this wagon let's just go for a walk like something different and then when i do that with students. A lot of times they're like, "Wow, this is a pretty cool place. We are right now. I'm like, "It is, isn't it?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then we look back at the little wagon in the rut and we're like, "How can we pull that thing out?" I have an idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that, you know I'm sure you talk with you know, all these interesting people. Um, what makes their photography interesting is they lead interesting lives. They're interesting mm-hmm. they're interesting themselves, and then that makes their work interesting. But you can't be a dull, stressed out, angry, mean, I don't know what, uh, depressed person and create beautiful work. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like work on who you are and then that comes into the imagery. That's at least how it, what I found.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Just to sort of finish up on this kind of section, when you were in your early days of photography, was it always people in portraits you were shooting or how did you
0: journey towards that? Yeah. Yeah, no, at first when I started photography, I think like a lot of us, we just photograph everything, mm-hmm. you know, you, you photograph leaves and rocks and trees and, and I do know cars and food and coffee and anything that just kind of the curiosity of like, well, how does this look through a camera or through the lens or in this light and I think that's a great place to start. So I encourage people to start there if, if they're there, even with your, our iPhones or mobile phones or whatever. Yeah, shoot everything. But then eventually start to refine what that is. And because that's what how you get good at photography. For example, I'm just going to go to travel photography. Let's say I go visit you, um, which would be amazing. Um, first day, I might just photograph everything like, oh, my gosh, everything's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But then like well i need to do a project i need to photograph i need to get portraits of you know shopkeepers i'm making this up Mm -hmm. or of athletes you know there's a bunch of people let's say there's a soccer field in your town and i start playing soccer with them i'm like okay i'm going to do something very focused not do everything do one thing so so anyway that's how it happened for me um and that led to you know after shooting everything asking myself what do i get the most out of and it was like even a, let's say a question of a landscape or a landscape with a person in it mm-hmm. and it was always a landscape with a person in it now other people my students will say oh man every time i see a person in my landscape it just makes me want to cringe mm-hmm. all i want is just this clean empty beautiful landscape and i'm like bingo mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have just defined something so important to your career in your photography. And even if that person goes on to shoot thinking of one of my students went on to shoot automotive stuff, really famous renowned automotive photographer, um, he would shoot cars and landscapes, but he would also always take time when he was in those landscapes to get the landscapes without any cars or people because that fed his soul if that mm. makes sense, mm. you know. So he had his commercial hat on, but then he also kept that passion alive um where for me um if i'm shooting a landscape i'm always asking well you know how could a subject fit into this frame and who's someone i could connect with here in this location and yada 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 um so back to that was just asking ourselves what what lights the fire Mm -hmm. you know that's an important question and we're all different in that way and that's a beautiful thing and that's why the world needs all of us as photographers is to show what what we think kind of matters right
1: i wanted to take a minute to talk about your new book authentic portraits because yeah. um this is really interesting to me because um this is a word that i've been using in my own <laughs> photography branding and i do um what's corporate headshots but i'm it's a word that I've been, that's become important to me. I've been using a lot authentic, authenticity. The value of that has become really high in my own life. And that's why I've begun to apply it to my photography. Um, because it's important to me in my work as well. That, you know, when you do a corporate shoot, a lot of the time people want a white background shot. That's what they need. And um, you, for me, you don't want to be a passport machine, do you know? Um, right. You want to still give them what they want, what they need, the white background shot, but still with some style and the lighting and the craft of it, but always with the authenticity, with the engagement with the subject, you know. So, yeah, it, it was, it's something that's important to me for those reasons. But I wanted to pick up on the term for you and your definition, um, because I, I'm sure somebody will be, thinking well any photograph of anything is authentic. So for you, what does that really mean? Authentic portraits, if you could talk about what that means.
0: Yeah. And I well I think it's cool. I mean, to go back to your corporate headshots too is, you know, those are those terms are very strong terms, corporate and headshot. They're very limited terms. You know, it's mm-hmm. like um you know, and so we instantly like go somewhere with them. And I think when we layer or we add authenticity to that mix, like, say, authentic corporate headshots, it's like, oh, <laughs> OK, I'm thinking something differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think part of it is that it's just taking that moment, just like you described, to say, OK, yeah, I may be in a situation. Um, how do I... How do I, in my mind, I think of kind of get beneath the surface. I like how Aristotle put it. He said, art isn't about outward appearance, but inward significance. And I also think about portraits of myself or people I care about. It's not, it doesn't just show how how they look, but it shows who they are. It shows something of their character, their personality, maybe their soul, maybe their inner essence. And so I just like that that idea that it's sort of a striving it's a searching um i love how van gogh talked about art he talked about it kind of as this hunt is like always searching for it but never finding it in full mm-hmm. and and i think that's authentic kind of fits into that you never are like wow that's an authentic image you know because mm-hmm. nothing ever is in the same way that maybe um maybe if i were to jump to some different topic let me go to like fitness we'll see if this works maybe it won't but let's say i like i like biking you know you would never say like wow i'm like really fit okay done it's like actually no i have to still ride tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and i'm then i'll get older and i'll change or have an injury and so so my fitness at one time is different than another so it's always kind of we're always working towards quote fitness And then I would say same thing with authenticity. We're working towards it. And it's not something that, you know, I feel like some people, you know, photograph and they're just not ready for going deep with it or it's a headshot. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to just, you know, I got to keep it relevant to the task at hand. I do headshots as well, but how do I add that extra little something? And so that's what intrigues me about it. Um, and, it, and you don't do it by saying, like, tell me your deepest, darkest secret, you know, and or tell me what, you know, you love most about life. Um, uh, because that would make it very inauthentic. And I think we become authentic. Let's see if I <laughs> when we start to forget and stop thinking about ourselves so much. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it almost has to happen naturally. Mm-hmm. So you have to, that's the, where the craft and the art of it is. Yeah. And I'm sure for you too, in those headshot situations, right? It's not like you can ask the same question to 10 people. Mm-hmm. If you're doing headshots for a company, and 10 people are coming through each time. It's a little different each yeah. time. There's a little subtlety to it. And, and each time you, sometimes you get a little closer. Sometimes you don't quite get it. Um, but that makes it different than the traditional photographic language, which is nailed it. Um, Which is, which is like, Oh, that's, that's something like you're done. Like it's complete. Mm -hmm. Um, I like more that Van Gogh concept of art of like, "Ah, I'm just so close, but I'm not quite there. Mm -hmm. And just that. And I like musicians like that. I like poetry like that. I like books like that. I like them that yes, it is a completed work or yes, it is, you know, beautiful and wonderful but it's also just it you know i guess you know if i think of a photograph that's like nailed it and done i think of like stock photography Mm -hmm. you know it's like a girl with a red balloon nailed it you're like okay you kind of did does nothing for me Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know um so i like something with a little more mystery awe curiosity wonder perplexity thoughtfulness, all those things. And I think that's what makes us authentic, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's all the imperfections, um, you know, or the other photos, you know, with portraiture that are over retouched. And you're like, oh, wow, that's, if you think that's, you know, that's good um, or that's finished or something, I don't know. um, That's great, but it's obviously not, I would say it's not authentic, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, wow, that's, that's a highly, glamorized version of that person if that's your goal awesome but that isn't my goal if that makes sense yeah yeah, is that fair
1: yeah totally um just one of the quotes that i found somewhere was you saying what i enjoy most about photography is finding the light within others and connecting in a meaningful way um i feel like that is really getting towards what we're we're getting at with the authenticity um is there anything you could say or expand on that as
0: well yeah i mean i i think you know i why i I do practice yoga and really enjoy and appreciate that and at the end of many yoga classes the teacher says the term namaste and i love the there's many ways that term is uh, defined but my favorite is the light in me recognizes the light in you Mm -hmm. and so the whole point I think of bringing that up is that we have to go inside. Like we have to have a lot of self-acceptance before we can accept someone in front of our lens. We have to have a lot of self love before we can fully love someone else. Um, And so I think where this comes from and this whole sense of light and seeing light in other people is, is of course out there, but also in here in us and taking time to do the work, um, And maybe to be more specific, um, for many years of my life, I really struggled with self-acceptance. And I felt like if you were to really see who I was deep down inside, you would not like, love, appreciate that person. And so um, I would do, I think I would, a lot of my photography was sort of searching for other people to fill that void I hadn't yet filled myself. Um, and then when I came to a better self-acceptance you know through a series of events and different things um, then that shifted how I could see people and it was like I was less needy if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and that created more spaciousness in the photo shoots more of a celebration of each other's light or love or sadness or whatever the emotion was and that helped kind of help deepen the experience or the image or the connection. So, I mean, all of this kind of bringing it back to, I think our listeners is realizing that when someone comes, like if you're going to, if you're going to capture a portrait, um, well, let's say in a couple of days, I'm going to capture a portrait of someone, a business owner, thought leader, influencer in New York city, um, I have to think about that person, her name's Emily and which I have been thinking about, but I also have to do some of my own ter- own internal work, and that is as important as doing the work for thinking about the subject. Does that make sense? I don't know if that if that if I was clear on that, but well, let me just go to my students like I would see a student who would be so stressed out, stressed out about their camera settings, stressed out about you know so or they're nervous because the subject, whatever, and the image would just look horrible but it was a beautiful or a handsome person. And they would say, what, how did I, how did I mess that up so badly? And We would just talk about it, like, well, how are you feeling? Like, oh, I was just, you know, they were like dying of anxiety. So the anxiety just was the only thing that could fill the frame mm-hmm. up. And then you, we would talk about, well, how do you deal with anxiety? I mean, anxiety often is a little alarm of saying like something's wrong. And, and asking us, well, what's wrong? And they're like, well, I was really worried about, you know, using lights in this way. I'm like, okay, great. Let I need you to go try that with 10 different people until you don't even have to think about it. And then they do that and then they come back and then they're like, wow, I don't feel anxious anymore. And I say, yeah, yeah. you know, that, of course you don't because now you don't even have to think about it. And then they're like, well, then I was really anxious because I felt like they, would, they wouldn't like me. And I'm like, well, why do you... Why do you think that this is because, you know, like I was kind of dressed sloppy. I'm like, oh, okay. So one of the things you realize is important is, is what version of yourself you're bringing or you're projecting like, okay, for your next shoot, why don't you try dressing in a way that you feel, let's say like corporate headshots. If you go in with like jeans that have holes on them and, you know, shoes that are kind of dirty and untucked shirt, and it's a really formal corporate setting you're not going to connect with your subject, you know? So like discover how to, to be in tune with those things. Anyway, with the students, you can kind of imagine that, that then, you know, you just see these things as these opportunities to learn and grow and you go inward, you figure some of that inward stuff out. Then you, then in the moment you're able to capture something better, stronger, more interesting Mm -hmm. because of that.
1: I saw the video just like a trailer on your website for the creative fight. And yeah. I really loved that teaser. I haven't, I don't have that book, but, um, I send l- me your address. I'll, I'll send you one. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <It's a laughs> no, no, I will. It'll be fun. Oh, well, that's really kind. Um, so well, I, I like the title because yeah, I think we're, we're touching on a little bit here already. It, it's, they can sort of be a romanticized idea of creativity or what it's like to be a photographer or whatever but it's such a fight sometimes isn't it i mean can you say something about what the creative fight is what that means to you and how we can maybe find a way through it
0: yeah and 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 that comes back you know i'm always kind of bringing it back to teaching because i do workshops and i speak and these things and and also because that always comes from my own journey but when I would work with students, um, you know, you you quickly realize that there's these two sides to creativity. There's the flow and there's the fight. And the flow is when you're caught up in the moment and everything's amazing and wonderful. And I mean, when those things happen, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's great. So the one of the next books I'm gonna write is called The Creative Flow, you know, yeah to kind of bookend the creative <laughs> fight. But the other side, the creative fight, is that is this idea that sometimes you, it's like what you're up against is so big. It's so overwhelming. Even like the student with the lighting, whatever. I think that's the fight. It's mm-hmm. like lights on. It's like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is such a fight. Okay. How do we deconstruct this? How do we figure this out? How do we take it apart? How do we do this step by step? Um, and looking throughout history of people who have, um, done that, um, you know, whether it's uh, writers or, um, I don't know. So, so many different people in the world, but most, 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 creative people are creative because of an obstacle because when you think of it creativity in my mind is making the most with whatever is at hand in search of a positive outcome Mm -hmm. so for example if um you and i are on this podcast right now and all of a sudden the audio quality just goes bad so we have a problem and say well hey what if we just switch over to using our cell phones creative solution Mm -hmm. in the moment for trying to make something positive. And so that book is really looking at this, this whole process and exercising those muscles and really getting into that side where the, I know what it is too. This is what happened with a lot of my students. A lot of the students would drop out in the first year of school Mm -hmm. because they fell in love with the idea of being a photographer versus the work it took to get there. Mm-hmm. And this happens in workshops and seminars, and I mentor people. They're so in love with this idea, the flow, that they, they overlook or neglect that it. it's a ton of work. Mm-hmm. And it's a craft. And so if you want to get good at any craft, wood carving, man, it's a ton of work mm-hmm. to like really figure out how to use tools, <laughs> make sure you don't cut yourself, understand wood and grain and finishing and all this kind of stuff and photography is the same way it's like any craft um that requires discipline drive focus attention to detail and all of this stuff um and so that's i think a lot of where that book actually originally came from and then looking at my own experience and also the experience i don't know if this happens to you at all but sometimes i'll do a shoot and it just like is perfect Mm -hmm. and i'll do the same shoot same kind of lighting setup or same something you know and it just every inch of the way is not flowing. It's not happening. And at first that used to frustrate me. And then I thought, okay, rather than get frustrated, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Let's think about what is going on. And, and what it really is, is it's a moment or it's an opportunity to really exercise your creative muscles and become creatively stronger. right? Mm-hmm. Because if we always flow, We're never really growing or learning, Mm -hmm. and so that's that's what that book's dedicated to. And so it's it's been a I mean that's a book if anyone's interested. If you're in the a a tough part of your creative process, that's a good book to turn to. And I have a lot of people who send me notes like, "Oh, this one pulled me out of the ditch," or, or even more meaningful, you know, I had a family member die, and this one helped me, you know, creatively explore how to get through and. And move through that. Um so so it could be lots of layers there or lots of levels, but Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I just resonated with the with the title at least because you yeah. know that's it's, <laughs> it's a
0: push and a pull
1: and you get yeah. those shoots, you get those occasional shoots that just go. But more often than not it you're gonna have to fight to get that picture in the camera, you know. Um You are. But I When you're in the flow of it and you understand the rhythm of it, it's okay. You can deal with it. But yeah, earlier on, it could be overwhelming to to kind of realize that. So, yeah, I will look forward to receiving the book. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Remember, part two of this conversation will follow next week. So please come out and check that out. And we really get into the mechanics of how Chris goes about portrait photography. It's super insightful. In the meantime, follow Chris on Instagram and YouTube and check out his website to find out about his books, tutorials and workshops. If you enjoy this episode, check out my conversations with great portrait photographer Gregory Heisler and headshot photographer Nicholas Docks. That's all for now. Enjoy your photography. I'll see you out there.